This is the Key 5 Podcast, for speakers, by speakers, with your hosts, Robert Ferguson and Sarah Jo Crawford, where you'll get quick, relevant tips to build your speaking business. Welcome to the Key 5 Podcast. I'm your host, Robert Ferguson, and... I'm Sarah Jo. <laughs> Today, we're talking about technology for speakers. Ooh, this is a good one, Robert. I love it. Well, we live in a world with technology. We should use it, but I think we need to use it wisely. Yes, and we need to be prepared because I feel like we've entered the age of Wi-Fi anxiety where (laughs) it's supposed to make it easier. And at the end of the day, we walk into presentations and we're like, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. Exactly. Well, let's start with before you get on stage, you need to prepare all your technology. For most people, that's their presentation. Yes, and most often that's PowerPoint or Google Slides. So I'm assuming today, Robert, we'll probably just pinpoint PowerPoint or Google Slides. Yeah, the other one is Keynote for people who are Macs. Mm, but yes. I think if, as a general tool, we'll just say, if we say PowerPoint, we mean all the different tools that you may be using. Perfect. I think that's good to clear up. Okay. So you've got this thing, uh, you're, you're preparing. What are some key things, Sarah, Joe, that we should be thinking about as you're designing your slides? Sure. First for me is ensuring that the design looks awesome, but also making sure that design translates no matter what computer it's on. So if you're incorporating fancy font choices, if you don't think forward as to how the technology is going to use, your font is going to look basic and very different than you'd expect. Um, Additionally, when you get real fancy in design, there's another chance that maybe the aspect ratio would be off mm-hmm. with the screen. Have you ever seen that, Robert? Oh, I sure have. At many conferences, they'll have a standard that they'll give you to say, we're using a 16 by 9 or it could be a, f- a 4 by 3. You should use the uh, template that they have or at least find out what the design ratios will be because you don't know what room you're going to be in and what kind of slide setup will be there. Yeah, and if the words aspect ratio are going way over your head, just ask the event planner, can you just send me an example of a a template or a presentation you've used in the past that looks good. Because sometimes even I am like, wait, what? What's the next aspect ratio? (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) But then also making sure that as you're designing, if you're using animations, please use them sparingly. Mm. There's a tool, Sarah Jo, that has been around for a while called Prezi. And oh my goodness, it makes me seasick. It does. It's just going in and out and you're moving around and ugh. So so some people like that kind of movement, but I would discourage it because your audience may not like it. Yeah. And I feel like if anything, it takes away from them looking at you and they're trying to keep track of where this slideshow is taking them. Absolutely. The other thing, I just want to go back for a moment, if I could, to your font thing, is mm-hmm. that it, you don't know for sure if at the end of the day you can't use your laptop and it goes, your presentations on someone else's laptop, they may not have your fonts loaded. Yep. So I'm a big fan of sticking with uh, generic fonts, and I say generic, like Arial and, mm-hmm. and things that you know are going to exist across all platforms. W- what do you think? I mean, absolutely. But if you use Comic Sans or what is it, Curls with a Z font, <laughs> I will find you and I will hurt you deeply emotionally. <laughs> I can't handle it. People will judge you. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. It yeah, looks bad. stick to Helvetica, maybe some Garamond. Mm-mm-mm. Right. Those are, those are good. Okay. So let's talk about uh, video that you may, because a lot of people today are using when you think animation, but they may be putting video in. Maybe you've downloaded Mm -hmm. something from YouTube. You've got your own stuff. I'm a big fan of embedding it into PowerPoint. 
Yes, and we were talking about this earlier, Robert, so please share. How can you make sure that when your PowerPoint is rolling in front of your audience, the video is going to play? Well, and that's a good point. When you're embedding, make sure you're actually embedding the actual file, the MP4, what the the, the actual video file, as opposed to when you're looking for it, it, you may be embedding a link to the video that's on your computer. And then when you move that file, well, you've lost the video. And a good way to check, I would say, is go look at the final PowerPoint file. It should be huge. Mm-hmm. If you have a couple of videos, oh. it should be like a gigabyte. And if it's not real big, you probably don't have your videos. Gotcha. So under a gigabyte, megabyte. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably not big enough. The other thing I would do is take your PowerPoint and put it on another computer and see how it works. And then you'll see Mm. if you actually have the videos. Yes. I think that's so important because I mean, that'll, that'll really mess up your presentation if you're like, oops. (laughs) Now, now the other thing, Sarah Jo, is when you're doing your PowerPoint, should you uh, have to go click, goes to the next slide. Then you got to go click. Does it actually start the video? Oh, I got to go over and use the mouse and now put it on the play. I'm a big, I'm a big fan. If you practice of auto start. So when you click and go to that slide with a video, it should start. Yes. Yes, especially since your thumbnail may not be the most pretty. Um, if you try to speak while the video thumbnail's there, I'm, I have—I mean, I've seen it. People kind of lose attention. of like, oh, a video's coming. Um, I'm just going to stare at this thumbnail to, until the video starts. So just jumping right in, I think, is a great opportunity to prevent losing that engagement. I agree. Now, the other thing that is uh, one of the disaster points for, and we're still just on the PowerPoint and preparing, but when you get to the event, you need to make sure you test the speakers because mm-hmm. you've done all this work. And I don't know how many times, like, we don't have sound. They can see the video and everyone's scrambling all of a sudden. It's like, where's the sound? Where's the sound? <laughs> <laughs> so you have to uh, make sure you're prepared to be plugged in. Yeah. And on that note, If you are maybe speaker number three of the day and speaker number two also used some kind of sound and they had the volume turned way up because maybe their video is quieter, that's going to blast your audience. So when you're doing your sound check and you're testing those speakers, take note of what the volume levels are. Maybe you kind of make things a little bit different for yourself and that the tech crew is prepared to kind of reset things for you because the speaker before you may not have used the same technology as you did. Absolutely. And you really raise a good point. If you're in an environment speaking where there's a tech crew, there's a good chance you've got almost a team ready to work with you. But mm-hmm. then there's those cases, you're the solo uh, speaker, you're you, you're on your own. You're you're the technician, the designer, the problem <laughs> solver and everything. So you have to be prepared to jump in and fix it. And I think yep. that's part of the testing is no, are you ready? If you're starting low on your volume, you know exactly where on your keyboard you need to click to raise the volume. Yes. I've seen people say, um, how do you turn up the volume? I mean, I think that's so dumb that they actually have uh, to ask, how do I turn up the volume on my computer? <laughs> all of a sudden, I feel like the whole audience just checks out. They're like, well, this person doesn't know what they're doing. Exactly. So on that note, actually, Robert, I wanted to talk about with your presentation, how you can pull in more technology. And we just kind of talked about maybe keeping it a little more slim. But if you can incorporate some kind of live audience polling or kind of like a voting experience in your presentation, have you seen people do that? Yeah. And it's really cool the way the technology is today where you actually can do live polling. A couple Mm -hmm. of tools out there like Poll Everywhere. Um, Presentane is actually a presentation tool, but it does polling as well. There's Mentimeter, Swipe, Participol, Ask the Room, Activote. There's a whole bunch of tools out there that allow you with people with smartphones to be Mm -hmm. able to like text to a a hashtag or a number like uh, um, text to number 99071. And 
you can ask people to vote on different things or and immediately as part of your presentation, you can say, well, 30 percent of the room looks like agree with this statement or disagree with this mm-hmm. statement. That's a yeah, great I way think- to engage people. Well, and so what's cool about that is in a lot of cases, you can get their information to engage with them later. You can either send them like a text message afterwards. It's like, hey, thanks for voting. You can follow me on social media or visit my website for a free guide. So it's the opportunity to not only engage them using technology, but then to continue to engage them later. Absolutely. So what are some other ways that we, in addition to of polling, what are some other ways, uh, Sarah Joe, that we can engage our audience? Yeah, so this is actually, so if you're a tech-heavy presentation, you've got lots of slides. It's not too difficult to either on your closing slide or throughout your slides have maybe your Twitter handle or your website. But I've had a few speakers who are like, hey, Sarah, I actually don't use many slides or any slides at all. It's a very story-based presentation. And they're like, I feel like I'm losing out on the opportunity to use technology because it doesn't integrate perfectly. So there's two things I kind of recommend. One is maybe after the applause, you know, after the standing ovation, everyone's standing up, the slide, you can actually put up a slide that only goes live when you start to walk off the stage. So you get maybe 60 seconds of your URL or your Twitter handle, or how do they connect with you further? So it's not pulling them away from the moment, but you're also making sure, yeah, you're also making sure that they're connecting with you later. Cause yeah, you don't want people looking at a slide if you want them looking at your face. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. And and we've seen people who will put that up even at the beginning, almost as a way of, Hey, if you want to, um, you're going to be tweeting about this, here's a hashtag. And then there are people who do it throughout the presentation. Yes. So I've heard of a speaker who really wants people engaging on Twitter, but he doesn't want them spending all their time taking notes furiously or taking pictures. So he actually times out his speech in advance, which there's a good chance you everyone will have already. You know, at 15 minutes in, I'm digging into point number one. You can actually schedule out tweets in advance that at, you know, 15 minutes into your speech that starts at one o'clock, you have a tweet that goes out that kind of recaps your point one with the event hashtag. It makes it so easy for people just to go retweet. That's brilliant. Yeah, it was real smart. It caught me off guard. But that's called thinking ahead. (laughs) Well, let's talk about now that you're on stage. So you're there, you're with, and you're engaged with the audience. There's some key little things that can make or break a presentation with technology. And for me, believe it or not, it's the little thing in your hand called a clicker. Oh, the clicker. It can be such a friend or foe. Yeah. Let me just, first of all, my recommendation, always put fresh batteries in, even if you used it yesterday. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many people's like, oh, it stopped working. <laughs> you don't uh, know when the batteries are going to die. And for the, the cost of, I don't know, a dollar, put yeah. some batteries in. Uh, but then the real problem I find is there's different clickers and some are better than another. I use a Logitech that I really like. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was, well, I'm going to be honest. I didn't buy it. Somebody I was presenting a couple of times took pity on me with the one I was using and then gave me a gift saying, (laughs) you need a different clicker. So this is a personal thing with me. Yeah. The the one that I was using had, if you imagine it in your hand where your thumb is on the side, that's Mm -hmm. where you would go up and down. But when you're nervous and your hand is a little... um, not steady, all of a sudden you're like going backwards or it's going forwards. Not all clickers are made equal is my point. No, definitely not. And some are more prone to kind of that fiddling experience. Yes. Uh, So I like a a one that's solid and you know exactly with, even if you've got non-steady hands because you're nervous, (laughs) you want one that you know, this is up, this is down and it, it won't mess with you. The other thing that somebody had to teach me about on the actual, um, 
clicker that I have, there's a two different buttons. One is it makes the screen go dark or it actually makes it go white. You have two options on it. Oh. It's a really cool feature. And then they told me in PowerPoint, if you go up to the keyboard and press B, it will make your screen go dark. Mm, that's super helpful. Yeah. And the reason that's important is because it's about you're, you're talking and you don't want them anymore to look at that picture. You want them to come back to me. Mm-hmm. It's like, like that ad for Old Spice and Mustafa. You know, look at, <laughs> look at the slides. Look at me. Look at your slides. Look at me. Well, you want them to look at you. And so that is what you want them to Don't look at the slides. It's B. <laughs> Well, on that note, okay, so something that always puts a big impact on me is when the speaker isn't looking at the slides. They're just like clicking through. It's kind of like a the walking away from an explosion experience. Like, look how cool they are. They don't even have to look back. <laughs> yeah, I've had people say that, wow, that speaker was amazing. Never once they looked at their slides. Well, they shouldn't have to. <laughs> they should know what's coming. Yes. Uh, Now, I will say I was recently doing a presentation in a uh, a conference that was just engineers. Mm -hmm. What they handed out to all the speakers as the gift in preparing, like you arrive in the morning, here's a, there was over a hundred speakers and they said, uh, okay, here's your gift. Thanks for speaking. And the gift was a laser pointer. Ooh. And it just, it blew me away because these are engineers who, the, the slides are their presentation. And so they're using their lasers. As you'll see up here on the left-hand corner, mm-hmm. oh, it was painful as I sat <laughs> in many of these presentations. And it, they could have made it so much more interesting if they just talked to us about the content yeah. as opposed to just see on this corner here. So I'm yes, not a fan of lasers. Can, they can quickly turn into turn your presentation into a textbook textbook conversation. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was it was painful. So some people like, you know, lasers, but I'm not a big fan. Yeah, I honestly, I feel like it's a little outdated. Does that mean to say? (laughs) uh, Not at all. You've got I'm with you on that one. But what's not outdated is you need to still be heard. So let's talk about microphones. Oh, microphones. These can be so I mean, obviously helpful, but they're they make me nervous, Robert. Why? Just because things can go wrong. But I know what you're going to say. You're going to say you need to practice. You do. Test and practice. But there's some key little things I think we could share here today, Sarah Jo. Um, first of all, I it doesn't matter where you are. When you start, the words that come out of your mouth, if it sounds at all to you like, uh, I wonder if they can hear me. It's okay to say, can you all hear me? I'm, I'm, it, if you have to say that, because if you have done all the testing and you can tell something's wrong, you don't mm-hmm. want to go 20 minutes or even a minute into your presentation realizing nobody can hear you. So if That's you've done true. all your testing, and I always say speakers, want, oh, you don't have to start that way. But if you can tell they can't, then you need to ask and fix it. Yep, absolutely. And in a lot of cases, I've seen you know, tech crew, if they can run up and give them different batteries or give them a different mic. So, you know, even being prepared testing for maybe even those backups and we'll get to backups. I don't want to jump ahead, but um, especially tech issues with a lot of the wireless microphones we're seeing nowadays. Oh yeah. I mean, batteries that, that go dead, that it's not pushed on right. Um, Mm -hmm. There's barriers within wireless. There's a whole science around wireless when it works and doesn't work. And uh, I've actually had a wireless mic on me. And as I moved in the room, I suddenly stepped in a spot that clearly, I don't know what it was, it wouldn't work. It just uh, would stop the connecting. And then I'd move to the right or the left and it worked again. Just it, praise sweet baby Jesus that it wasn't one of those where it 
doubled back and you had the screech. You know, oh, yeah. better quiet than the dreaded <laughs> scree- feedback yes. screech. I agree with you there. So uh, let, let's talk about how the microphone fits on you. Um, you and I being male and female, we have different issues. Yes, there can be as a female. I mean, I plan my entire outfit based around, okay, where's my mic going to clip on? Because you got you typically have a belt unless you're rocking a skirt, but typically <laughs> a kilt. Yeah, I am Scottish yeah, background. I could wear a kilt, but no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> typically, you've got a nice support system, but I mean, I've seen women just scrambling, and the tech guys, if they're there, scrambling to figure out how to. Or I've seen women pulling people off to from the side before they go on stage, being like, "Hey, can you help me clip this onto the back of my bra?" It's never a classy look. No. And so it's about planning ahead of where Mm -hmm. the wireless mic is going to go. And you need to be heard. I guess that's the key thing is you want to be heard, but yet you also don't want to make it, um, what's the term, a nuisance with other parts of your clothing. Yes. Yes. We've talked about this before, but things like earrings or maybe your hair swings in and out of the microphone. Or your necklace on women. Some some of the oh. necklaces I've seen, they, they they sound like the gonging chang of it. I mean, it's like, wow, there's a lot going on there right by the microphone. Or if you've got kind of um, a fancier lapel or your clothes kind of bunch around your neck, the mic can kind of flop around if you've got the, the clippy lapel one. So knowing if you have, even before you pick out your clothes, is it a lapel mic or is it an over the ear? What are you working with? Right. Now, because we have microphones so that the audience can hear us, you have a unique opportunity also to record yourself that you may want to have for your own sake if you're going to capture it. What what are some things that you can record yourself? Yeah, so I've seen a lot of speakers, you know, in order to capture the information for them to use later, either promotions or marketing or just to see how they did. Um, You can buy more expensive audio transmitters. With those, there's actually another level of technology as far as is this going to interfere with the cordless mic I already have happening or the the all those connections and signals that I don't understand. So what I recommend to a lot of speakers, if you want to record your audio, which you should, mm-hmm. especially if you want to capture it on video, which I'll get to that in just a second, but you can actually get a little mic for about $20 if you still have a phone that has a headphone jack. If you don't, there's other options too, but for now we're sticking with headphone jack phones. Mm-hmm. Um, you can plug this little $20 mic, it's it's a Movo mic, into your phone and you can clip that onto your lapel, run it through your shirt just like you would previ- like with a, a different microphone, and then put your phone in your pocket or someplace else so you can hide it and you can actually record all your audio pretty clearly using like what is it on your, there's iPhone and both Android have those like voice memo apps and yep. you've got awesome audio. Yep. Voice memo on, on both Android and, and iPhone. Um, and so you're saying with the, with the microphone plugged in, even though it's in your pocket, it won't have, it'll just pick up what's on the microphone and it'll record just fine. Correct. And what's really cool is you can then set up a different or a friend's iPhone in the back. If you can spend just a little bit on a tripod, set your your phone up on landscape. And then when you sync those up later with the audio you got from your iPhone, you'll actually have a super high quality video you can use in your demo reel and it didn't really cost you much. I really like the way you're setting this up. You could have a camera, but you're saying if you have a friend with another iPhone or an Android phone, Mm -hmm. you're using a phone to record the video and you're using your phone as the speaker to record the audio. Yes. And we don't have to have expensive stuff nowadays. That's what's super cool about technology. And I kind of mentioned this earlier, but the fancier the technology, the 
greater likelihood you have of issues. Okay, but on this note, though, I forget to tell people this. Make sure you've got memory space on your phone <laughs> for both phones. That's I have seen that become a huge issue is they set it up in an hour, you know, five minutes in. It's like, oops, storage full. Yeah, that's a good point. And so if you want to use an actual camera for your video, but being even with the audio on your phone, it, it's important because yeah. it does go quickly and it does. adding up. <laughs> so as we start to wrap up here, uh, Sarah Joe, I think the real key focus we're trying to help people do is be prepared and make sure you have redundancy options. Oh, I love the word redundancy. Just knowing you've got backup on backup on backup. So I, I know a speaker who actually uh, has had up to four levels of redundancy, and he said he's gotten to the fourth level. So oh. it says it's important. <laughs> I would say that's so important. So, I mean, maybe somebody doesn't have an extra computer, but if you do, having two computers or somebody else's computer you know who's there as a backup is mm -hmm. one. Um, another would be putting in, having your presentation on a thumb drive to take to another computer so you can load it on. Mm -hmm. And then even the fourth level would be having it on the cloud. So if you didn't have Wi-Fi issues and could present, uh, let's say, a Google presentation from the cloud, you could even present it that way. Mm -hmm. And I'll actually add one more redundancies is invest in a few varying dongles. That's a funny word. But if you have a Mac, you need to have a converter mm -hmm. to all different kinds of different plugins, different outlets. You just need those plugins. I would get two chargers for your computer. One that you're inevitably going to forget in the hotel room, mm -hmm. another one in a different bag. You should have a dongle for all situations. And even with thumb drives, I've seen people that they're like, oh, this is my number two backup. Just plan on whatever computer you're plugging that into, especially if it's a corporation. Their computers may not allow accessing a thumb drive, or maybe their computers won't allow them to get on Google. You never really know. You're right. And I really like when you, what we're really suggesting to speakers is not only you're the professional speaker, you are your backup technician. So having all those <laughs> dongles, you're saying, I being able to, I, I've had a lot of speakers say, well, aren't all computers have an HDMI connection? I'm like, no. No. Nope. <laughs> so having VGA cables and a v, mm -hmm. uh, HDMI cable, a Thunderbolt cable, uh, <laughs> and having all of these different things just really helps to make sure that wherever you are, you can connect to their presentation material. But calling ahead and finding out, that's really important too. Well, and these preparations not only make your presentation go really well, it can show the event planner like, wow, this person's really easy to work with and they're prepared. It totally ups the level of professionalism, like all around improves the experience. Yeah. Well, let's, as we wrap up here, there, at the end of the day, with all of your technology, none of it may work. <laughs> Right? So sad, but it's so true. Yeah. So what do you do? Well, okay. So I actually recently was pitching to a group of investors and every other person, it was kind of like a pitch competition. Everybody in front of me had been using text heavy slides. And so I was like, cool, I'm going to be kind of ahead of the edge. I've got just images. I've, I've done a pretty good job of not relying on my slides. And then I got up there and the girl running tech just looked at me and she goes, it's not working. And I was able to, because I'd prepared, go, it's fine. I don't need it. The judges loved that. It really set me apart from all the other speakers. So if you're in an event and something goes wrong and you are just so cool as a cucumber, I mean, even going as far as being prepared for your videos not to work in a way that you can clearly articulate 
what the point of the video was without saying, well, the video's not playing. It was a video of a dog and it was really cute. You can actually walk them through if you've practiced. And once again, that sounds like five levels of redundancy, but you may reach level five. Yes. Well, and now you've given me a new one. You need to be as cool, cool as a cucumber. I'm going to remember that one. <laughs> and that means you have to be able to describe all of your material without it. Yeah, oh, that is, it's brutal, and but it's so important. And when you know your material inside and out, you give a better price presentation anyway. Well, absolutely. And at the end of the day, they really came to hear you, not mm-hmm. to look at your slides. Exactly. <laughs> a moral of the story is maybe don't use slides. Just kidding. That's not the moral. <laughs> well, today there's so much to show, but you, being a good speaker, you have to be prepared. You do. Well, I think we should uh, turn our attention to an expert and get some of their thoughts. What do you think? Yeah, I want to hear what, what someone else has got going on. Our guest today is Evan Carroll, a professional speaker and workshop facilitator who inspires his audiences to use technology to create world-class customer experiences. He's also an expert on how speakers can better use technology. Welcome, Evan. Thanks so much for having me, Robert. I really appreciate being back on the Key 5 podcast. Well, you are a wealth of information. And on this topic of technology for speakers, let let me start with, uh, I call it the fun one. What's the biggest technology blunder that you've seen speakers make that should be an easy fix? Anything come to mind? Robert, as blunders go, most all of them come back to not testing what you're going to do on stage in the room with the actual equipment that will be in the room. <laughs> Testing. Okay. Exactly. And so it, it sounds, it sounds uh, minimal, but you know, do I have the right way to att- attach my computer to the projector that is there? Um, do I have audio recordings in my presentation, like a video that might play? And do I have the right adapters? Are people going to be able to hear that? Is my clicker working? Do my Does my clicker have uh, the battery level I need it to do? And the, the one, and here's one that I think is, is very important for speakers that we so often overlook, is where will my computer be in the room? This is true if you have slides. And where will I be? Oh. And how close together or how far apart will they be? Because sometimes that clicker does not have the appropriate uh, range for where you're going to be standing relative to where your computer is. So all of those are things you want to get a handle on ahead of time and make sure you test them ahead of time. But that all pales in comparison to what I feel like is the unforgivable sin of (laughs) professional speaking. Okay. You ready for this? The unforgivable sin is being so reliant on your technology and so reliant on your slides that if something fails, you cannot recover. You cannot give the presentation without that. And so the number one technology blunder is depending on technology for a great performance. Well said. I appreciate you sharing that. And uh, yeah, we, we say that to speakers and yet they're caught up like, oh, well, then I can't show my video and this isn't going to work. So let's make this work. And so I can't talk to you till this is all working. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for sharing that. That's that's really important. Uh, and the testing and being prepared to move forward no matter what happens. I, I love it. Now, many speakers, Evan, are 
they, they, there's the technology they use to present, but then they wish they could capture and see themselves maybe for their own marketing purposes. Maybe they want to put it on their website. You have some expertise and how do you, how can you record both the audio and video of your presentation? So I want to start with a, a bit of caution and that is Robert, I'm a very tech oriented guy, very, very talented. If I do say so myself in being able to make all of my technology work, work well and do it consistently. But the thing I have found to be true is if I am, if I get too worried myself about making sure that my recording is going, then sometimes my mind slips out of speaker mode Mm. and slips into techie mode. And I am not ready to engage my audience. Well and said. so my biggest caution is before you start thinking about how you can capture it yourself, ask yourself, are you able to switch gears? Are you able to effectively think about both of them at the same time? And if you're not, you really should look into getting someone to help you. <laughs> now, okay. that being said, let's talk tech. My okay. very favorite thing in the world when it comes to audio is something called the Rode Smart Lav microphone. It plugs into your phone, your Android or your iPhone, and there's an app that you just simply use to record. It's a microphone, has a short cable, it clips on just like any other lavalier microphone. And, you know, oftentimes speakers will worry about, well, you know, can I get the audio feed from the room or what are we plugging into the camera? Simply getting one of these microphones, of course, making sure you have enough battery in your phone, Plugging it in, hitting record is will give you beautiful audio that you can then use. And my suggestion is, let's say that you do have a camera of your own that you're going to set up in the room. Okay. And you, you asked about video as well, so we'll talk about that for a moment. Get a shotgun microphone to put on that camera and set that to a decently wide angle in the back and just hit record and forget about it. Um because if you're doing it yourself, you're not going to be able to move the camera very much if, if, right. if, unless there's a break and you not at all. But what um, you, you're able to do by having a shotgun mic on the camera in the back and then by having the lav mic on you recording, you will be able to, in post-production, mix together your video. The shotgun mic, which is going to pick up the audience response really well, the applause, the laughter, and then your lav mic, which is going to get that crystal clear audio of you speaking. And that is essential to having that great quality recording. I believe people will gladly tolerate poor video when they're evaluating you as a speaker because they understand video is hard, but they, people can't stand to listen to, to bad audio. So you really want to get the audio right. Makes a lot of sense. And I appreciate you sharing that. Let me make sure I'm understanding about this Rode mic. So mm-hmm. you plug it into your phone. Do you just put the phone in your back pocket and not worry about it? And then you're wearing two mics, one for the phone and one that you're wearing for the audience? That's exactly right. Wow. Once you hit record, you put it in your pocket, you just simply don't worry about it. So you can have it on as you walk on stage without thinking about it and your phone's in your back pocket recording. Exactly. And here's here's something that I would suggest doing is I often will record myself with that, even in rooms where I don't have another microphone for the room, it might be a smaller breakout room. Mm-hmm. I will often do that by default, such that on my way home on the plane, I can put my earbuds in and I can listen to that and evaluate my performance. Oh, I love that. Yes. Wow. That's awesome. Because now you, yes, hearing what you sound like is very important for feedback. Brilliant. 
Absolutely. And so it, it's, it's a, it's a great tool and it's, it's only about $80. There's, there's no excuse not to get one if you're a professional speaker. Well, thanks for sharing that. Now, now let me ask you this, Evan, uh, as a speaker and you want to engage your audience, there's a lot of technology, whether it's in the room or before or after, what, what are some technology that you recommend for speakers to use to better engage their audience? So my favorite piece of technology is reading the name badges that the attendees are wearing. And that really? doesn't sound very techy, but <laughs> by learning a few names before the program or even be able to read them during the program, you can engage the audience so much more quickly. And so that's a little bit of a, that's a, that's a very low fidelity technology that you're using. Just simply oh, I love reading that. The name badge. Yes, you're right. But what, but what I will say is that anything that you do that gets the audience to take action one of my favorite things to do is have them text in to a number for various things, whether it's polling or whether it is uh, to, to, get a, to contact me or to get a free download or something like that. Um, the, the other thing with respect to technology that I've been thinking about trying, and I almost hesitate sharing this with you, Robert, because I haven't tried it yet, but um, there are really great slide advancers that will allow you to advance two computers at the same time. Assuming those two computers are you know, kind of sitting beside each other, you can plug them into the same advancer. I've been toying with the idea of doing two slide decks for my presentations, one for the left screen and one for the right screen that have something different on them, perhaps a left brain, right brain kind of thing. I haven't done it yet, but that's one kind of tech trick that I've been toying around with, with using in my presentations at some point. Well, I look forward to hearing how that works because I, I can see it, but I also can see, wow, if you don't do that right. So we'll have you back at a future one where you can share. <laughs> that's that's that why works. I hesitated. That, that idea may be crap. I don't know yet. <laughs> well, as, as we start to wrap up here, Evan, is, is thinking about new, cool new technology, and that is a new idea. Is there any cool new technology you would recommend that speakers should be learning about? One of the things I think is cool when you're, when you're specifically on stage is Logitech has a new uh, presentation remote, I believe it's called the Spotlight. And it has special software that runs on your computer and allows you to do things like zoom in or gray out parts of slides and kind of put a, a highlighting light on part of the slide. And it's all kind of done digitally with that device. I think that is really cool for presenters who do a lot with slides and want to be sort of dynamic and in the moment. And so I think that's really interesting. And Speaking of slides, there's so many cool things that people are doing with slides that are uh, at least somewhat interactive or nonlinear, where they've programmed certain keys on their computer to jump ahead to different parts of the presentation. So it can really be dynamic and different. And so my overall piece of advice with new technology is it's always good to be thinking about what my options are. But the, the piece of advice I always give is think about how the audience will connect with it. Think about how it will play out on stage. And most importantly, don't forget to test it and don't forget to be prepared to go without it. Great advice. And Evan, thanks for sharing. This is uh, great expert advice that adds to our discussion on technology and uh, appreciate the time. Well, that's excellent. Thanks for having me, Robert. I really appreciate it. And I, I hope you guys have enjoyed our time here on the Key 5 podcast. Well, I always learn something new from Evan. Some great technology advice for all professional speakers. 
Join us on our next Key5 podcast, where we'll be talking about website design for speakers. To listen to all of our podcasts and learn more about our guests, go to key5podcast.com. That's K-E-Y and the number five, podcast.com. So go to key5podcast.com today. Thanks for listening. This podcast was produced by your local studio. For more, go to key5podcast.com. Hey, if you're still listening, thanks for sticking around. I have one quick request. If you like the show, it would mean a whole lot if you left a review over in the iTunes store. This actually helps others find the show. So thanks in advance, and I'll talk to you next time.